0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's our final broadcast teaching in the book of Exodus, Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 40 called The Glory of the Tabernacle.
1: we're in Exodus chapter 40, the very last chapter of the book of Exodus. And we are looking at a message called the glory in the tabernacle. Now, we began the book of Exodus in the the month of January 2021. I mentioned to you that Exodus means exit. So for some of you who are just catching up, we define some terms at the very beginning, but the book of Exodus is an exit. An exit from what? Well, in this case, it was an exit from Egypt, from Egyptian bondage, But the book of Exodus also includes the concepts of freedom from bondage and a journey. In fact, the people of Israel will journey to the Sinai, you know, wilderness, and then they will journey on from there. And we're going to see kind of the beginnings of that journey at the end of Exodus chapter 40. That will lead into the rest of uh, what Moses records in the book of Numbers and Leviticus and so forth. So as we reflect on our journey in the book of Exodus, which began uh, a ways ago, we began the journey actually in the midst of COVID. We were just coming off a whole year of COVID. It began really in the spring of 2020. So when we launched into the book of Exodus, we were talking about some themes like salvation, redemption, and glory. One of the famous lines from the book of Exodus is, let my people go. And we were talking about some stories like uh, in Santa Clara County where churches were being fined simply for having their doors open. We talked about some stories happening in Canada where Canadian pastors, uh, at least one that we know of, possibly another, were jailed, their crime, staying open during the COVID pandemic because they desired to minister to their people. And so we heard the words of Moses, maybe in a fresh way, let my people go. And you heard me say that from this pulpit. And I was saying it really north of the border, if you will, to Canada, to the ridiculous things that they were doing. Because churches were not being, uh, you know, unhealthy or unsafe. We were taking all the precautions. We were giving people options, yet the church was experiencing persecution. And so we went through that journey as we dealt with some of those things. The people were in slavery. They were under heavy burdens, under the taskmasters of Egypt, and they were even wondering if God cared. And a man named Moses, who was drawn from the water and providentially ended up with the pharaoh's daughter and raised in her household raised in Egypt became the deliverer and we go back and we remember a scene at a bush that burned yet was not consumed and it was there that Moses received a call from God Moses Moses here I am take your shoes off you're on holy ground and God began to tell Moses that he was going to send him to Egypt to confront the Pharaoh. And Moses, as you remember the story, this is actually airing on our radio program, Walk in Truth Radio. So if some of you listen to the program, you're revisiting some of the earlier messages. But Moses was called, and Moses had a number of excuses. One main excuse he made to God was that he wasn't good at talking. He wasn't a good public speaker. He had a problem with his speech. And God's response was, who made your mouth? If I made your mouth and I can use you. And Aaron, Moses' brother came along with him and, and eventually they, they came to the Egyptian Pharaoh and Moses declared what God said, let Israel, my firstborn, go. And the Pharaoh was stubborn. And he said, I don't know your God and neither will I let your people go. Oh no, I won't let them go. And, There were some early disappointments, and the people were commanded to make brick with no straw, and it seemed like the plan wasn't working. But God had a plan in mind, and you know what the plan was, right? It was 10 mighty, powerful plagues. And God says in Exodus 12, 12, that he was going to judge or execute his judgments against the gods of Egypt with a small g, And so he attacked the Nile God, and he brought other plagues on Egypt. And as we move through the plagues, the ninth plague was a plague of darkness. The Bible describes it as a darkness that people could feel. No one wanted to move around. It was extremely dark, and the people were fearful in Egypt, but there was light where the children of Israel were in Goshen. And that plague of darkness preceded the final plague, which was the death of the firstborn in Egypt. That night God passed over Egypt, and the only way someone didn't die in your house is if you had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the lintel of your house. If God saw the blood of the lamb, he would not judge that household. But anywhere where he didn't see the blood, the the firstborn died, the firstborn died, the firstborn died. And the Bible tells us that there wasn't one household in Egypt where somebody wasn't dead. And there was a great cry that went up from Egypt on that night. People wailing and moaning and crying. And finally, they said, if you don't let these people go, there's going to be nothing left of Egypt. And finally, the Pharaoh said, go, get out of here. And you know, before he finally released them, he said, well, go, but leave this. Or go, and he, he wanted to bargain with them. You never bargain with the enemy. You don't bargain with the devil. You, Pharaoh is a type of, of the devil in the book of Exodus. And so finally, he released the people. And as they went out, the Egyptians were literally burying their firstborn as, Egypt, as uh, Israel, I should say, went out in triumph. And then they came to the Red Sea, and you all know what happened. Pharaoh had a little change of heart, and he decided, oh no, they're not going to get away with this. So he sent his chariots and his armies after them, and the people of, of Israel were trapped against the sea, and it looked hopeless. Hopeless. But God said, I want you to hold that staff over the sea, Moses, and I'm going to part the waters. And the Bible picturesquely says, with a blast of his nostrils, God opens the sea. And they went through. This was another miracle on dry ground. And the Egyptian army pursued them. And as they pursued, you know what happened? The Lord closed the sea on the Egyptian army, and the entire Egyptian army was drowned in the sea. And the people sang the song of Moses. The horse and rider, he's hurled into the sea. Our God is a mighty warrior. And they sang the song of Moses and they celebrated because their enemy had been destroyed. Their enemy wanted to destroy them and God dealt the final blow to the Egyptian army. And he drowned them in the sea. And Israel crossed over and they made their way with the provisions of water and manna and even God supplying against the Amalekites to win a war, they ended up at the foot of Mount Sinai. And the glory of the Lord descended in fire and cloud and lightning. And Moses went up. And you remember the people were afraid and they were warned not to cross the boundary. And finally Moses got the law of God. He got those Ten Commandments plus other laws And as he descended the mountain, you remember what happened. There was a sound of war in the camp, but it wasn't war. It was singing. And the people were worshiping the golden calf. And you know the story. He broke the commandments. He threw them down and shattered them. The people were shattered. Three thousand Israelites died in judgment on that day. And a cloud hung over the people of Israel because God said, I'm going to destroy them, Moses, just get out of the way. And Moses interceded for the people. And there was a question mark over the tribes. And it was this, will God go with us? And God had said, you know what? I'm done with these people. But Moses became an intercessor, intercessor, a type of Jesus. And ultimately, the Lord relented and he renewed the covenant with the people. And Moses came down a second time with the commands and the laws and they renewed the covenant and they moved forward from there. And and of course, a lot of what we've studied, uh, a good portion of our studies together have been in something called the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was the place of worship, literally means to dwell. And God said, I will dwell among the people. I will be in the midst of the camp. Adrian, maybe you can throw up... um, that first picture of the tabernacle so we can just kind of get an idea. So that, that was the, one of the pictures that we saw. Go to the number two picture there. And let's leave that one up. So um, what we have here is a depiction of the tabernacle that Moses was instructed to build. And a good portion of our studies, we've been moving through the furnishings of the tabernacle. And we'll revisit that in verse 1, chapter 40. We're going to move pretty quickly because some of this is going to be ground that we've covered. The Lord spoke to Moses, Exodus 40, verse 1, and said, On the first day of the first month... Now, the first month is the month of Abib, or Nisan. And it's the first religious month, or it's the new calendar for Israel... You shall set up the tabernacle, that's what you're looking at on the screen, of the tent of meeting. So Moses is told what day he's to finally set this thing up. And it's going to be on the first day of the first month. Now the first month, according to Exodus 12, is the month of Abib, and it is in the spring. It's our Easter time. Whenever we celebrate Passover or we know it many of us know it as Easter it's it falls on our calendar in March April in the spring well for the children of Israel that's the first month on their calendar it's Passover month and so it was about a year since they've left Egypt so just think about it it's the first day of the first month of the second year that's in verse 17 skip all the way down you can see it Now, it came about in the first month of the second year. That's after the Exodus. On the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. So you can see a year has gone by. They're about to celebrate their second Passover. And it's taken us longer to teach the book than it did for them to get from Egypt (laughs) to this point. And all God's people said, yeah, that's right. (laughs) But slow we go, right? Moving through the Bible,
0: teaching it, digging down deep. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can watch
2: videos of Pastor Michael's teachings. 19 chapters later! You're all we know sometimes you hear Pastor Michael mention slides or give other demonstrations, and we have made sure you have access to all the videos from his Sunday sermons. The modern application could be the power of the sword with, for example, a police officer. Watching the videos can also be a good way to see how animated Pastor Michael can be. Even if you have to gulp after you've prayed it. And Lord, one more thing, not my will. You can watch the video from today's teaching when you visit walkintruth.com. We also live stream one of our Sunday morning services. Pastor Michael believes fellowship is important, so he prefers you attend your church on Sunday mornings. Or you can visit our church, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California.
1: Before we jump into it, would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the youth upstairs enjoying a little bit of a party and celebration.
2: But Pastor Michael understands some circumstances make it difficult to attend church services in person. So you are invited to watch our 1030 a.m. Pacific Time service. God is not caught by surprise. A golden calf, I can't believe it. Moses may have been, God was not. To watch Pastor Michael's teachings live, hear the worship music, and fellowship from where you are, follow our YouTube channel. You can find the link and information on walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Jesus is coming again.
1: Do you believe it?
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on in Truth. And all God's people said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but slow we
1: go, right? Moving through the Bible, teaching it, digging down deep. And so it had been a year. And finally, this building that we've heard so much about the furnishings and the tent and what goes in it and what it represents. Finally, it was time for it to be erected. And it was the first day of the first month. There's a couple of interesting connections to the first day of the first month. Noah, when he got off the ark after the flood, Genesis eight thirteen. 13. Why don't you flip over there just for a second. Interesting connection. So the first book of the Bible, Genesis 8, look at verse 13. It says, now it came about in the... In the 601st year, in the first month, Genesis 8.13, on the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. Genesis 8.14. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. And so Noah went out and his sons and his wives and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every bird, you can imagine the scene, everything that moves on the earth went out that is, out by their families from the ark. And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. And the Lord said to himself in his heart, New King James, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. He will never flood the earth again, we know. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Until the Lord decides that there's going to be an end to this planet, new heavens and new earth, it will continue on. Because the one who holds it all together is the Lord. Now, if you turn back to Exodus, let me just say this to you. You've probably heard a lot about climate change. And you all know that climate does change. It gets hot and cold, cold and hot. There's periods of time when things just shift and change on the planet. There are scientists that say the whole concept of climate change is a lie. It has become a religion, frankly, uh, about 4 or 5 decades ago the same alarms were being sounded in our world and we're just simply repeating history you may or may not know this but in the 60s and 70s they were saying the same thing that they're saying today climate change has become a religion now let me just say this we are to be good stewards of this planet that we've been given we're to steward it well we're to do the best we can to care for it but it's a bit ironic isn't it that one nation can focus on what they're supposed to do while all the other nations don't do what they're supposed to do. And we think somehow we're going to make this huge difference. It's, it's an agenda. And let me just say one more thing about this. If you have a biblical worldview, the world ain't going anywhere until God says it's over. We just read it. Now, if you don't have a biblical worldview and you don't believe that, then I leave that to you. You can believe whatever you want. But don't believe the crisis rhetoric that's going everywhere and policy is being made, sometimes ridiculous policy that hurts a lot of people. And it's based upon a notion that is even scientifically being debated. So I just leave that before you. The Lord says the world's going to continue until He's done and He makes it new. We should take care of it, yes. I'll give you an analogy. You have a body. You might say, well, some day I'm going to die and it doesn't matter if I eat ding-dongs every day or broccoli. Well, it does matter. While you may not determine the number of your days, you will determine the quality of your life. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't have treats. I have treats all the time. (laughs) I enjoy the sweets and stuff, but... You also have to have enough discipline in your life where you eat relatively healthy, consistently as you can, because you want to take care of what God has given you. You see the analogy? You see the connection? So it's the same way with the planet. We'll do our best to take care of it, but the planet's going to be summed up when God wants it summed up. And that's the bottom line. All right, so we're going to move now as this ark is going, or I should say, the tabernacle is going to be erected. We're moving from the inside out. Notice you've got the photo behind you, so you can kind of see how this works in rapid fire. Verse three, you shall place the ark. That's the ark of the covenant of the testimony there. You shall screen the ark with the veil. That's the holy of holies. The only thing that's there is the ark. You shall bring in the table. That's the table of showbread and arrange what belongs on it. You shall bring in the lampstand. That's the menorah. And mount it. Mount its lamps. You can see, if you look at the photo, you can see the placement of each of these things. Moreover, you shall set the gold altar of incense. That represents prayer right outside the veil leading into the Holy of Holies before the Ark of the Testimony, but it's actually on the outside of the screen. And set up the veil for the doorway to the tabernacle. You shall set, you shall set the altar of burnt offering. Now we move into the courtyard outside the tabernacle proper in the front of the doorway of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall set the laver, that's the washing basin, between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. And you shall set up the court all around and hang up the veil for the gateway uh, of the court. There's a way to get in. And in rapid fire, the Ark of the Covenant is in the Holy of Holies, represents God's throne. It was sprinkled on the Day of Atonement to atone for Israel's sin. The table of showbread had the 12 loaves on it, if you will. They would be flat pieces of bread representing the 12 tribes. They were arranged as they should be. This was the bread of the presence. If you skip ahead in the text, you can see these things are mentioned. Skip ahead to uh, verse 22. We'll get some detail now. It says, put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil. And he set the arrangement of bread—there's the showbread—in order on it before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. It points to communion, provision, ultimately points to Christ as the bread of God.
0: You've been listening to The Glory in the Tabernacle, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 40. If you missed any part of today's program— Walk in Truth is available on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. Maybe these Ten Commandment teachings are bringing up some feelings you need to let out. Or perhaps you have more questions. Go ahead and call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go.
1: Well, the closing verses of the book of Exodus say this, that throughout their, all their journeys, whenever the cloud was raised up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day. There was fire in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel. The Lord's presence was with them in the tabernacle or over the tabernacle. And they moved when he moved. They set out when he set out. And when he didn't, they stayed put. And we, we've brought up that this is a great way to navigate your Christian life. And the Lord says, stay, wait, you wait. When he moves, you move. You don't want to be behind. You don't want to be ahead. You want to be in step with the Spirit. What a great picture of our Christian life, our journey, as we follow our great shepherd, Jesus Christ. We learn to recognize his voice, and we follow him. And when he says go, we go. When he says, wait, we wait. When he says, don't touch that or don't do that, we don't do it. And when he says, step out in faith, we do. And of course, many of us, I guess maybe this is the lifelong journey where we're always trying to figure out how do we discern all of that? And I talked a little bit about that as we were studying the book of Matthew. We're talking about, uh, of all subjects, judging. And Jesus went on to talk about how if we ask our Father, uh, He'll give us good gifts. And Luke's version says He'll give us the Holy Spirit. And what I see here is a connection that the Spirit of God will lead us. He will guide us as we lean into Him, learn to rely more upon our great God. Well, we are wrapping up the book of Exodus, and we're going to have a part two on glory in the tabernacle, and I'm excited to to know that many of you have journeyed with us all the way back from when we opened the book of Exodus. Pretty amazing. And so, Lord willing, we'll be right here tomorrow to do part two of glory in the tabernacle. See you here. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. God bless.
0: And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with some of the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for just $5 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of our final broadcast teaching in the book of Exodus in chapter 40 called The Glory in the Tabernacle. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.